Oh, hey, there we are. Welcome Sorry, back. We're, having a little... uh, we're just going to wait for Matt to come back if you want to text. We're having some technical difficulties, but hey, welcome back to the live stream. Nice to have everyone here. Um, you know, we're going to have Clev come back and pitch tomorrow against his former team. Looking forward to it. We're going to face Quantrill. We're going to see a lot of ex Padres within the next coming days. Owen Miller, Franimal, Cal Quantrill, Hedges. I, I think that's it. Oh, Josh Naylor. You know, we have a lot of these guys who we're probably looking forward to having a revenge game against us. So hopefully, you know, we see the normal hedges that we saw uh, when he was with the Padres, where he was pretty booty. But, you know, outside of that, I'm expecting a couple of big games from a couple of former ex-Padres. Owen Miller's kind of been killing it. Franimal's in a slump right now, so that only means he's going to kill us this, se this series. Um. I don't know how Josh Naylor's doing, but I expect him to be a decent bat for us. But, hey, uh, what about you guys? What do you think about this upcoming series? I feel like the, the main thing's got to be Clev, right? Oh, I'm yeah. Hyped for Clev. I'm super excited to see Clev. Um, now, if you guys weren't following in spring training, he got absolutely rocked. Um, but I don't think there's too much to look into there. Um, I'm just pumped to see him healthy. I, I wonder how long he's going to go. I'm guessing it'll be around four innings would be my guess but isaac clev is your dude so so how are you feeling about him four innings is good i think four innings is fair for him also it depends on i think it'll be more of a pitch count like 80 pitchers or so um he looked really good in his in his outings down in the minors and hopefully he's able to keep that up against his former team i thought it's i think it's really cool that he's uh having his 2022 debut his Really, his his debut since coming off of Tommy John, he's coming back against his former team with with a pitching coach that he's familiar with, and it's super exciting to get him back because this is a this team is number seven in ERA in terms of their starters. This team's number seven in ERA, and that's without both Gore or not Gore, um, Snell and Clevenger. So with Clevenger coming back, with Snell coming back, well, that could very realistically skyrocket or rise up. Um, but hopefully we get at least four innings out of, out of Clevenger tomorrow. I'm not expecting anything crazy. Hopefully it's only a two-run outing or so. Um, and we'll just have to see how how it goes. But as long as he's hitting his locations and his velocity is good, stuff looks fine. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to be happy. You mentioned his spring training start. Worth mentioning, he was working on a new pitch and he was trying to do a bunch of different things over spring training. So don't look too much into that. Uh, into that outing let's uh I'm, i mean i'm looking forward to to tomorrow yeah absolutely so i'm just going to go over some of the ex padres numbers that are now on the guardians uh let's see cal quantrell we'll see him uh he's had a rough start so far or he was having a rough start uh he has 22 innings pitched a 327 era 10 strikeouts in 22 innings he's doing pretty good for himself Hedges is hitting 140. He's not much of a threat. However, Owen Miller, he's kind of coming to his own this year. He's hitting 377 with a 1104 OPS and 53 at-bats. So he's having a pretty good year. And Josh Naylor in 48 at-bats. He's hitting 313 with two home runs and 19 OPS. So it looks like those two have found their success, whether or not it's going to be sustained throughout a whole season. But it looks like they're going to be some hot bats that we might have to look out for, considering uh, our lineup is very hit and miss. We were doing really well against the Pirates, but it was against the Pirates and Reds, but it's the Pirates and Reds. 
But the one thing uh, I was very glad to see about, I don't know about you guys, Ha Seung Kim is finally hitting higher velocity and being a lot more consistent. So you know what? I want Abram starting at second, Kim at short, and Cronenworth uh, at first, especially with Voight gone. I want Hosmer at the DH. Also, just because I know you guys were upset about it, but I was literally heated about the fact that Hosmer booted that ground ball against the Pirates game. I, The moment I saw it go under his glove, I legitimately was enraged. I was like, of course, of course, Eric Hosmer, you know, I remember Isaac showing us. He was like the 99th percentile of outs above average, and then he went and did that. And so I was just like, yeah, you know what? You don't deserve first base anymore. You had my props until then. Dude, it's crazy that Owen Miller and Josh Naylor are balling out so much. I mean, I feel like a lot of the guys that got traded to uh, the Guardians, like I, I liked a lot of them, um, but that's pretty insane. Now, I know Naylor's coming back from the injury. Uh, he only has 48 at-bats right now, but, I mean, he's playing really well. He has a couple, he has a couple home runs, hitting 313 and 48 at-bats. So good start of the year for him. Um, definitely a lot of question marks uh, with his injury, too, because he what, did he have a – he had a – Broken leg, right? Was that the full injury? I remember no, it was yeah, or his ACL. Oh, it was, but it was like a bad, bad ACL. It was right? bad. Yeah, it was really bad. I wouldn't have thought that he would be ready already. Like it was that level, and it was early on last year too. But surprising that he's already back and playing. I, in my opinion, um, but you know, looking at some of these other guys, <clears throat> I think. Uh, I mean, you know, I like Cal a lot. We're playing him on Wednesday, right? I believe. I think that's the game. Okay. So, yeah, I, I expect Cal to have a good game. Um, you brought up Haseon Kim. We got to talk about Hosmer, Haseon Kim, Campy. Like, there's so many guys to talk about on the Padres side. So, I feel like I'll, I'll, I'll start with Haseon Kim, and we'll kind of go around uh, around the infield and talk about a lot of these guys. But Haseon Kim, we were talking about him before he kind of had his average blow up. Um, we were talking about how his approach looks better, how he looks like he's not lagging behind high fastballs. And he has come on, like he's really come on lately. So I've been pumped about him. Um, he's a guy that if he can hit, if he can have like a 750 OPS, he's an extremely valuable player because he's going to play gold glove infield no matter where you put him. So him hitting like he is right now, because he's the third best hitter, or sorry. Yeah, he's the third best hitter on the team right now. He passed Profar because Profar has been Profar's hit a couple bombs over the last couple weeks, but that's about his only hits. Like Profar's really struggled lately. Um, but Hassan Kim has looked really good. So I, I think that's maybe as I, I, I know that I think early on before the year started, I said CJ Abrams is kind of like that that guy that's gonna determine the Padres season, uh, because of like what it's gonna look like early on. Now, luckily, we have two guys that are basically one and two for MVP right now in Manny and Hosmer um for the NL. So that's completely carried the offense um but Haseon Kim has been that next guy that's really stepped up um so I've been super pumped about him so if he can continue to stay ahead of pitches stay ahead in the count he's he hits with a lot of power and it feels like he's stronger it feels like he's it honestly feels like he's a completely different hitter which makes sense because there is a, a, you know you're gonna lag behind when you're coming from the KBO so I don't know I've been pumped about Haseon Kim I've been pumped about him since the first couple of times we saw him this year, but I think it's finally kind of all coming together and you're seeing it translate into, into him, him having really good numbers, but I'm, I'm pumped about him. I'll answer this real quick. We laugh because 
everyone on Twitter sees one, this guy hit one nuke and they label him as the next big hurt, next Frank Thomas, without seeing that he strikes out 50% of the time. And it's like, you know, it's cool. He's a young player, but I don't know, striking out 50% of the time in the minors, I, I, what the heck's going to happen in the majors? 70? I mean, I don't know. But uh, he has a lot of power. I guess he's just a really raw prospect. And the, we were talking about it in our chat. It's like, not many guys, I can't think of many guys that have fixed their strikeout problem. It is such a hard problem to fix. Like, just hit the ball. I mean, I don't know. But that's a pretty absurd K rate. I think it's at 48% right now. But, hey, I mean, if we're looking at another guy on that team, Robert Hassel's absurd right now. He's playing fantastic. He's out of his mind. Um, going back to, to this upcoming series, Kyle Quantrill, I was actually really surprised to hear that he only has 10 strikeouts in 22 innings. I mean, granted, the Padres are facing a former Padre. They could be batting 100 and something will happen for that former Padre. It just I don't know why. It just happens. But four strikeouts per nine is so weak. And I really hope that the Padres are able to take advantage of that because I've never heard of one that low other than the guy we just got, Ysmero Pettit or whatever his name is. His is around four also. And he just went to the minor. Or he's in our, on our minor league system now. Um but hopefully they can make a lot of hard contact off of him. Um, I see another comment. Thompson needs to start over Beatty. Abrams and Thompson need to get more at-bats over Beatty because at this point, Beatty's an op. Like, Beatty came to this team as like a, a Dodger spy or something, and he's relaying our information to them. And I don't know. It, it, I, he just sucks. Um, but, I mean, who who are you guys talking about? Hassan Kim. Have you guys looked at Hassan Kim's um, baseball savant lately? Because the first time I checked it, it wasn't very good. And when I checked it again, it looks really, really nice. So a lot of props with Hassan Kim. Hassan Kim looks fantastic. He's he's catching up to the velocity. He's hitting the ball really hard. One of the flyouts that he hit in Pittsburgh would have been a home run in, I think, 11 other ballparks. So, I mean, really nice. Another one would have been a home run in two. I don't know which two, but two. Um he looks really he's looking really good right now. Off his at bats are very productive at bats. What was funny. I mean, yeah, it looks a lot better than when it did the first time I checked it. But what was funny is that, and and I had a hard time believing it. Um, Hassan Kim credited how comfortable he is, not only because he's finally getting consistent playing time, but because Eric Hosmer told him, you're good enough to expect fastball and sit curveball. Because he was saying, I've been sitting off speed, and, and or I've been sitting fastball expecting off speed. And... Eric Hosmer told him sit fastball and it just switched. The switch just came on. It was really weird, but that's what Hassan, I'm pretty sure that's what Hassan Kim said. Somebody said that about him. Um, but along with getting consistent playing time, and that's something that really helped out Hassan Kim. He said that um having having confidence that if I get out right here, I'm not gonna get taken out. Or I won't, you know, there's no worries about me playing the next game. When Tatis is back, yeah, that's going to be a massive worry. But, um, yeah, he's just – he's happy getting consistent playing time right now. He's playing fun baseball, and that's why he's so productive right now. It's super fun watching him. I'm really I'm really happy with how he's producing at the play right now. Yeah, honestly, I, I went on – I went into it a little bit earlier about Hashem Kim, how much, you know – when he does good, the team does good. That's kind of what it seems like. Everybody roots for Hasyong Kim to do good, and anytime he does something good, the stadium goes crazy, the dugout goes crazy. Everybody just loves him as a person. Going back to Beatty, so Beatty's such a 
interesting player just because like when you look at him during the games like he doesn't really strike out or walk and when he hits the ball he hits it somewhat hard like i remember watching one of the games he had like three lineups they're just going straight to people like that's not his fault i mean the strikeouts and not walking you can accredit to okay he maybe needs to be a little more patient at the plate not chase after things making contact he's making decent contact it feels like it's tommy fam all over again though that's kind of what it feels like just without you know he communicates in the outfield and you know doesn't scream at a player he can cuss you know he's not tommy fam. he's not like a dick however i think azokar deserves it's over him because Azokar is just as good defensively, he's faster, and he's been putting together some great at-bats. And one, and the other part is, every time he gets on base, it feels like he's stealing second base. Like, every time he gets on base, it feels like he's already on second by, like, the next two or three pitches. So why not give that guy more opportunities? I mean, every, hell, when he pinched hit last time, he hit a single. Most of the time when he starts, he at least goes one for three. Reward good players for being good. You know, start him. And it's finally great to see Trent Grisham coming along. I mean, we were all expecting it, maybe me less than others, but he's finally coming around. Uh, I do want to see him hit the ball a little harder into the outfield because I feel like some of his singles are barely leaving the infield. But, hey, it's progress. Yeah, I think when when you bring up Beatty, so I, let's let's kind of go through the positions a little bit because we brought up some guys randomly. Also, if you guys are listening on podcast, Isaac a while back was bringing up a random player. It was Joshua Mears, the guy that was striking out a bunch. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> um, but looking around the diamond, I think there's a couple kind of position battles. So we look at it from the outfield, left field, Profar. Profar started out super hot. Profar's numbers have fallen off a cliff lately. Like it's been kind of bad. Like it's been scary. And the reason why it's a little bit more concerning than it than like if another guy was slumping is because Profar is known to be the most hot and cold player. Like the like worse than Trent Grisham, guys. Like that was him on the A's of like he's gonna look like an MVP for a month, and the next month he will not get a single hit and he will be an awful defender. Now, Profar's been great defensively, and even though he's hitting at a super low average, he's still getting on base at a decent clip, and he has phenomenal power numbers. So he can definitely turn around. I just think that's something to monitor. For right now, leave him in left field. Leave him out there. Maybe stop hitting him in, in, in the fourth spot, though. I don't know I don't know about that. Um, but we, we look at it, and we go, okay. So there you go. Center field, Grisham's going to be the center fielder, whether you like it or not. That's just how it's going to be. Go to right field. Myers is dealing with a thumb injury. I don't know exactly what, what the deal is there. However, we look at that and we go, okay, it's Beatty, Azakar, and Thompson. I'm with you, Chase. I think that Azakar should be getting the majority of the reps there. Not only that, but he can also be your, your backup center fielder. I think it makes way more sense to give him the reps because what are you gaining with Beatty playing? Like, What are you gaining with that? Nothing. Right? Like, I, I don't know what you're getting with that. If Azakar turns into a decent player, he can be a great depth outfielder for a couple years. Like, if, if he's just okay. But I, I think that he's definitely earned the right to, to get some more playing time. Um, then, if we look at the infield, third base, Manny, shortstop, Hasean Kim. Hasean Kim should be the everyday starter there. Chase, you brought this up. 
with Luke Voigt out, what the Padres could do is they could move Hosmer to DH, move Cronenworth to first, and put um, Abrams at second. Do you, do you guys like that? I guess Isaac, you go, you go, because I know Chase. Likes it. <laughs> um, mm, I don't know. I mean, I'm not against it. Obviously, I love Cronenworth. I think he's a very valuable player wherever he is defensively. It just all really depends on how CJ Abrams producing at the plate. I know he had two hits yesterday, um, but as of now, he's not producing the way many of us thought he would, and not his fault. He's very young and very raw. Um, he's not raw, but. Um, he still needs a lot more experience, and that's all right. But it all depends on how he's doing. Because if he's doing great, then you got to fit him in the lineup. You essentially got to plug him in second. You got to put him in right. You got to do whatever it takes to get him in the lineup. Right now, with his stats, I mean, you want to get him more at bats. Of course you do, because that's the whole point. You know, you want to get all your guys more at bats, more experience in the bigs. But I mean, maybe you could just do that every once in a while. Because I feel like with Hosmer, <laughs> I understand he made that error. But to me, I didn't care too much because, like, well, it's early in the season. I don't care about losing to the Pirates. And he's won us a couple games. Whether we like it or not, his hitting has won us a couple games. So it's like, uh, I'll give you an eye for an eye. Um, but right now he's, according to the according to the baseball savant, his outs above average. He's playing some good defense. And I want to ride that as long as we can because as soon as that diminishes, then he can go to DH. Um, but, I mean, obviously I'm not opposed to the idea. I love having Cronenworth on the field wherever he is. And I would love having CJ Abrams, his glove and his, maybe not his bat right now, but the experience that he would get out of getting those at bats and the speed he brings on the base pass. I would love having that in the lineup. However, we can get it in there. And you guys brought up right field. I brought up how you can put him in right field. Everyone deserves more at bats than Beatty right now. Um, you're right, Chase. Beatty has smoked some balls, like for sure. Um, he has gotten quite unlucky. Defensively, we know he sucks. Base running, we know he sucks. Um, he doesn't provide you anything. And there's guys that have been providing you stuff that, like like you said, Chase, reward good players for good play. It's very simple. Azulcar. Yeah. So the only reason I bring that up is because it seems like you're never going to make an adjustment at the MLB level if you never get your playing time. And it feels like the Padres always screw up at least one prospect a year when doing this. I know we will probably talk about it later, but we can talk about the same thing, what they did with Campusano. It's kind of never ending with catchers because they never really get the playing time that they deserve. Mejia was the same way. Campusano is probably going to end up like that. Azokar might end up like that because he's just not getting the at-bats in right field. We know Abrams won't end up like that just because his talent is too great and he's going to force his way on the uh, roster no matter what. But right now, I mean... You don't really have a solid DH. So why not throw Hosmer there, put Cronenworth there, and let Abrams man second base? He's going to continue getting at-bats. You can use the speed and defense on the field. He may not hit, but hey, he's going to provide you defense and speed. And worst-case scenario, you know, if he walks, he's more than likely going to steal second base. Same thing with Azokar. Azokar's been hitting better. He's also gotten on base and walked a little bit more. You need to reward your players for good play, and the way that Abrams hit in his last game, he definitely deserves another start. And uh, I just, as much as I want to give credit to Eric Hosmer for hitting, I still don't like his glove on the infield. It scares the hell out of me. So might as well get him off the field and let him focus on hitting 
as he's hitting over, I think he's hitting around 400, if not a little over 400. So, you know what? Let him continue to do that. Let him focus on just hitting. Don't let him worry about the defensive aspect of baseball until Luke Voigt gets back, until Myers gets back, until someone gets back where, you know, they can slowly rework themselves from an injury at the age. But right now, if you want to maximize your lineup, you got to put at second, you got to put Cronin with that first, and you got to start Azucar and right. I feel like that's the only way. That's the only realistic lineup that you could do every day and be like, okay, you know what? We have a real chance at winning now. Because the moment you put in Beatty, the moment that Abrams is not in the lineup, because Abrams kind of still does have that X factor where he can either turn it on all of a sudden or he might struggle. But if he turns it on before Tatis gets back, you have a good problem. You throw him in right, and then you have a battle at DH between Voight and Myers. Get him all the bats you can get him before Tatis back because then you know whether or not he needs more time in the minor leagues or if he's ready for the big leagues. Yeah, and I see people bringing up Abrams, uh, sending him down. I, I don't know if now's the best time. If you had asked me a week ago, I would have said, yeah, it makes sense. But he, he's been – I feel like he's looked better recently. I know his last game was the best game he's probably had. He had two hits, and then he his – almost was his third his third was third almost hit was a deep fly ball in the ninth inning that was a couple feet away from being a three run home run and it ended up being a fly out that brought in a run so he looked really good um i think he's been overall a pretty good fielder he's made a couple errors but i mean he's a shortstop he's you know he's gonna have a lot of opportunities to make mistakes um and he's still super young so i don't know if i would want to send him down I would rather send Beatty down. I think Beatty has one more option. I, I believe that's the case. If he doesn't, I mean, you can DFA Beatty. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not like, if they sent CJ down, that'd be fine. Like, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But I'd probably lean hanging onto him in the roster right now because you don't really have someone to back up shortstop unless you're going to kick Manny over to shortstop. So, we don't know. Yeah, I see everyone talking about Beatty being an op for the Dodgers. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would go. Um, so, okay. Who would you guys go in order for right field right now? I think I would go Azakar, Thompson, Beatty. Sounds about right. For sure. I mean, I understand. So somebody brought it up. What Bob Melvin has done is he's given players opportunities to get out of their slumps. That's the only way you can do it. You know, that's the only way you can do it is you keep giving them at bats, hoping they get out of their slump. And I like that. Like, don't get me wrong. I really like that. But does Beatty deserve that? I mean, that's a that's a good question because he did put up some all right numbers in, in L.A., but he hasn't done. I feel like he hasn't done anything to warrant that opportunity. You know, we need in right field, especially right now with Will Down, we need the best we need the best guy out there. And who's who's gonna give us the best at bats? I feel like he's had some a couple good at bats, but I don't think he's had many. Um Azelkar's had some fantastic at bats. He's been fantastic base running. He has a solid glove, good speed. Like I think if you want to platoon them, then yeah, that'd be great. Uh, and I think Thompson might get sent down. I saw somebody ask. I think Thompson might get sent down, or uh, maybe someone in the bullpen will get sent down for Clev tomorrow. Um, but 
as of right now, Azucar deserves the opportunity. I mean, he deserves every opportunity. It's like, why are you going to not ride the hot streak? You know, that's that's my opinion, though. So I guess I'm going to be the only one with a differing opinion here. It's Azucar Beatty and that Thompson for me. Just because we don't really have another lefty at bat other than, I mean, Profar technically counts because he switch hits and then Grisham. But having an extra lefty at bat off the bench or just having him in the outfield just in case, it's always a good option to have. And he has smoked some. He just has hit them straight to people. So, you know, he's seeing the ball. He's not striking a lot. He's making contact. He is getting unlucky. And I know we kept making this excuse for Tommy Pham last year. And like I said, it feels like it's a repeat of it. But he might come around. And if he does come around, I'd much rather have him on the roster than playing against us for whoever picks him up. He gets DFA. I think that's fair. I, I see a lot of people are getting pretty hyped about Trace Thompson. Trace Thompson's 31. Like Trace Thompson's been in the league. Like he's been around. He's a he's a career 208 hitter. And that's I mean, not a lot of at bats. It's about a season through his whole career, he has about a season of MLB at bats at 568. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not expecting a lot out of Trace Thompson. I, I think he's just coming up for a little bit. Um, but you never know. I mean, you got a lot of guys just don't get that much of an opportunity. And, and Trace's career has been like that. So um, let's see a couple other questions here. Quan uh, Pham says Beatty is like over 20. Yeah, it feels like Beatty hasn't got a hit in like a long time. Um, why have they only used Raker once? I don't know. I was excited to watch Raker. And the bullpen's been kind of a mess, too. Um, Tim Hill was super clutch. If you guys have been following us for a while, you guys know. You only use Tim Hill in one spot. Bases loaded, no outs. What does he do? He comes in, bases loaded, no outs. Potters are up by two. He allows one run, but he basically gets out of the jam. Right? We got we to gotta use our, our bullpen a little bit better. Suarez... Uh, doesn't look too. The problem is like he'll look good some games, and then he'll just be like completely off, um, and like he cannot hit the strike zone. So there's a lot to question about the bullpen. Isaac, right when we were starting, you I, I remember you brought up like oh the starters are the seventh best ERA in the sport. The bullpen has struggled. The bullpen's one of the worst bullpens right now. There's gonna be like four or five guys back within the next couple of months, so it's not gonna be the same bullpen. A lot of guys are fighting for their roster spot. Tim Hill, like, I don't know. There's a lot of guys. Ray Kerr, we haven't really seen him, but I don't know. How do you guys feel about the bullpen in general right now? Yeah, just to clarify, the bullpen is the eighth worst bullpen in baseball right now. Um, you look top to bottom in the bullpen, the most consistent guy. And, I mean, something we all expected. Taylor Rogers has been fantastic. He's been our best bullpen guy, and – I mean, we asked him to try and do a five-out outing one time. It didn't work out the way we wanted, but he's been fantastic for us, and I'm I've been very happy with with uh, with his production. Think the trade looks totally worth it as of right now. The rest, dude, Suarez looks horrible. I mean, he's had a good outing or two, but he cannot find. There's days where he cannot find the strike zone to save his life, and I mean, he throws hard and he has decent movement, but. That's all it is. He can't find the strike zone right now. And I, I'm not going to say, you know, I fully give up on him, but I just, I'm not, 
I can't rely on him. And, and even situations like the situation he was put in the other day, I mean, I thought it should have been pretty easy, but as far as a 186, yeah, 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 he did, he did, I know. He's had, I don't know, it's just like, he's still young, and he's still obviously got a lot of opportunity, a lot of innings left, and a lot of season left, so let's see how that goes. But as of right now, this bullpen's been somewhat unreliable. It went from being last year our, our strongest point up until August to right now being our, our weakest point as of right now. And um, there's just been too many unreliable arms. Pierce Johnson had... Other than one outing, he was fantastic. He was doing really good up until then. Tim Hill, up until yesterday, wasn't doing very good. Um, Craig Stammen, if you guys don't know the story about Craig Stammen by now, you guys are way behind. You guys should know what to expect from Craig Stammen. Not a very good not a very good reliever. Um, I think just the problem has been, I don't know, some of these guys cannot strike people out to save their lives. Like Tim Hill is starting to have a really tough time striking people out. Um, Craig Salmon's always had a tough time striking people out. The only guy that's been doing it consistently. Um, Taylor Rogers has been doing it pretty consistently. I don't know about Luis Garcia. I'll have to check his K rate. But very likely that we might need a bullpen arm or two come. And this is the case with a lot of contending teams. You you might always need a bullpen arm come, come deadline time. Um, but I think that's going to become very apparent along with more guys coming back. It's never bad to have too many bullpen arms, too many good bullpen arms. So, I mean, I think we will acquire one. And, I mean, this bullpen's going to have to step up. So, there is that. You mentioned Suarez. For some reason, there's where he is painting the corners, and there, there's other games where, man, it's, it's hard for him to find the strike zone. He couldn't find the strike zone if it was as wide as a barn. I mean, it's it, there, there's been some really struggles there. The other part is I don't feel like we've seen a lot of different guys from the bullpen. It's been a lot of Luis Garcia. It's been a lot of Taylor Rogers. It's been a lot of Johnson, a lot of Hill. Lamette's come out every now and again. Breaker's only pitched once. We'll see Chris Matt once in a blue moon. We don't really see that large mix of relievers that we did last year. And not that it's a bad thing, but, you know, you have Ray Kerr up here. Let him show you what he's got as much as he can until he gets sent down again. We've seen a lot of Stephen Wilson too, but like Ray Kerr, 300 miles an hour. Let him see what you have of him at the MLB level. I mean, give these guys the opportunities that they need to succeed. We need to see more of him. I mean, we need to see more of these guys before they either get sent down or uh, sent down before other guys come back or you, you, you need to know what options you have. And it feels like we just keep throwing the same guys out there every single time and expecting maybe a different a different outcome from some guys. My main concern right now from the bullpen is Lamette. It hasn't looked good for him. His last outing, it wasn't good. He couldn't locate his slider to save his life it looked really concerning. Like his slider kept getting hung up in the zone above the strike zone for balls. His fastball has always been hit for home runs. That was kind of one of his weak points of the game. And when you're not locating your slider, they're going to sit on your fastball. And what do they do? They hit them. But hey, you know what? We're going to have Jose Castillo coming back. He threw which was surprising. He threw three innings and had five strikeouts in one of his rehab games. What at home is going to be back. We're going to have Pomeranz. We're going to have a couple other guys. 
So I don't think we necessarily need to trade guys. We're going to have them come back, but it's definitely a cause for concern. Yeah, and you look at the potential bullpen arms that'll be coming. Um, Denelson Lamette could be a guy that's leaving. I don't know if you guys have seen, but there's been a bunch of trade rumors around him. He makes four and a half million dollars, which he definitely earned in twenty in twenty twenty, but he's not. He doesn't look like the same guy. So I think the Padres are. I mean, I don't know who would trade for him. That's the thing that I'm not sure about. So, um, yeah, I see Austin right here. Baez, Castillo, and Cops could be up by June. I would question if Baez will actually make the roster. Um, he might, but there's some good. Like there are some good arms. Cops, Cops has like a two five ERA ERA right now in Double uh, A. Um, Jose Castillo. The question is, is Jose, is Jose Castillo actually going to come back? Because he's got close to coming back like every single year for like two or three years now. So he could be back. Mora Hone is another name. I think that he'll probably be July. And then, of course, there's Drew Pomerantz, who, when healthy, would probably be the best reliever out of anyone here, and maybe even over Taylor Rogers too. And it doesn't really seem like there's a clear timetable for him. So I wouldn't bank on getting Pomerantz back, but all the other guys you're going to get. Um, Cops could be a good piece that you could eventually call up. Isaac, you said you think that they'll trade for a bullpen arm. I actually disagree. I think it's going to be strictly reinforcements. And I think that they might be forced to send to DFA a guy like Salmon or to send Nabil down. Like they're going to have to send guys down. I don't want them to send Nabil down. Um, but it is, it is going to be weird when they have like all of these arms. So maybe you package a couple guys and then you get like a higher, like a higher leverage arm. Um, but there's just a lot of like, meh relief pitchers right now i don't like a lot of the guys i think they have potential but it's it'll just be kind of tough i think yeah and then uh petite he got signed today as well i think that's how you pronounce his name i don't know too much about him um but i don't know like do you think do you think that they could just end up doing like having only reinforcements kind of come i'll tell you a little bit about t this is all you need to know he's a four k per nine you don't want that and he he was good. He was good with Bob Melvin in Oakland. He was good. You know, I'll give it to I'll give him that. He was good. Um, so here's my thing with with the bullpen and, and the whole trade thing, right? Morhone, question mark. He's obviously really good, but I mean, health uh, coming off Tommy John, it's it's scary. Um, sorry, uh, well, who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, I forgot the freaking rest of the names. Baez coming off Tommy John. Castillo. Castillo coming off Tommy John. So there's three guys coming off Tommy John that we're counting on to uh to to be good bullpen reinforcements, which is a very heavy question mark. And I think of this starting rotation, there was question marks going into the season. Okay. Are they going to stay healthy? And, and are they going to be good enough? So when there were question marks in the rotation, they went out and they got Sean Manaya. And now this, this starting rotation looks a lot stronger than, than a lot of other rotations and a lot stronger than all of us expected. I think, um, and they've heavily focused on on getting their number one prospect back or their former number one prospect back into shape in Mackenzie Gore. So with the bullpen, I think there's too many question marks to not at least try and go get a decent arm to get back in the bullpen. There's too many question marks. And in a 162-game season where, you, I mean, we're already having guys throw 110 pitches, which is great. I love seeing that. That's something Jace Tingler would not have done. I love that Bob Melvin's doing that already to save the bullpen for the latter half of the season. But – Drew Pomeranz also a question mark. And you're right. if Dude, if you had Drew Pomeranz going out there in the seventh or the eighth and then you had Taylor Rogers closing, you're winning almost every game that you're doing that. Um, 
but there's just a lot of question marks. And I would feel personally, I would feel a lot safer getting somebody who's having a good season, who isn't coming off a major injury going in and, Oh, Louis, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Devin said it. Um, that'd be tough. I don't think we'd get him, but that dude's a beast. Um, but yeah, I feel a lot safer going to get a bullpen arm than relying on a lot of question marks. And I mean, they're good question marks. Don't get me wrong. They're great. It's they're exciting. They're they've proven to be good in the past, but I don't know. I feel safer doing doing a minor trade, not none too big. Yeah, and, you know, and we and, did trade a guy that has a 3180 RA right now. Who? You guys know who? Pagan? Yeah. Hey, He's but who we traded him for? Who we traded him for has a zero. Yeah, that's true. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You wanted reinforcements. So what guy we traded is doing pretty good. <laughs> and uh, Lozoiga, he's a monster. Uh, though I don't know if the Yankees are going to give him up. I know a lot of people have been trying to get him away from the Yankees just because he's been great. Bednar and the Pirates, we might have to bring him back. He's kind of been killing it with the Pirates. Um, but yeah, Jose Castillo, though, I mean, hey, he's starting to come back. He threw three innings, what was it, just a couple of days ago, which was kind of weird. I wasn't expecting that. Um, It looks like they're trying to stretch him out to be a long reliever, which I wasn't expecting because, you know, we already have Chris Matt and now probably Nick Martinez because I don't know what happened with him, especially considering – uh. Club is coming back, and you know Snell's going to be back soon. So uh, maybe Nick Martinez gets bumped to being the long reliever, if not a setup man. I don't know necessarily. Um, we'll see what comes there. But hey, I don't necessarily think we need to trade a guy unless it's absolutely necessary. Um, I'd r- much rather trade for another outfield bat, if anything. I think that's our biggest need as of right now, because. We have two guys in the outfield right now hitting like 200 and below. I mean, technically all three. Yeah. Jerks is hitting like a buck 70 now. Yep. Um, oh, really? I thought he was still hitting 200. Nope. No. 171. All right. I mean, we brought it up. We said, hey, this team might have the worst outfield in the league. I think they're right there right now. <laughs> and that's even with. With Profar playing out of his mind for three weeks, like just playing like top tier baseball. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're right there. I, I definitely think that's the case. One thing though with the relievers is if there's a team that's super thin at reliever that has a guy that's maybe a little bit better, the Padres could trade a couple guys to like package to get a guy that they think is better because they don't have roster spots. So it makes sense. It makes sense to move multiple guys, even if it's only a slight upgrade for them. So I think maybe they could do something like that. Um, Nick Martinez, I think Nick Martinez is destined to be the long reliever, right? But then the question is, what do you do with Stammen and Nabil? If they send Nabil down, I'm going to be pretty upset. I'm not going to lie because he's been good. He has been really, really good for over a year now. Stammen is not as good as Nabil. I don't even think there's an argument to be made. I guess he's been in, in the league longer, but... He makes he also makes a good amount of money too. So I think that the, the odd man out has to be stamina, but I, I don't think they would do that. Um Jonathan also asked when is Pierce coming back? 
I don't know. I think that one might be a while. It's a uh, same thing with Austin Adams. It might be a while till we see that guy. Um, but I don't know. What else do you guys have? I know we're going to take off here in a little bit. I see some people bringing up hassle chase Isaac. Any, anything else you guys want to, you want to talk about before we take off? Yeah. Nick Martinez going to the bullpen is going to be a little bit of a blessing. Even if he's, I mean, you don't have to cement somebody in a long reliever role. They can go one when you need them to be a long reliever is when, you know, you can throw them out there as a long reliever, but if not needed, you can just throw them out there for an inning or two and expect, expect some, some, a solid outing. You can do that with both Chris Mann. You could do that with Martinez as well. Stamina is absolutely the odd man out. I think we can all come to a conclusion. Stamina is one of our worst bullpen arms. Um, but I'm actually really excited for Nick Martinez to go to the bullpen. I've kind of always thought that's where he should be in the first place. And I know some people brought up a six-man rotation or a piggyback. You can only really do a piggyback with Mike Clevenger um, because he's coming off a Tommy John injury. Maybe, maybe with Snell, but his isn't. His is not a Tommy John injury. It's nothing arm-related. So, um I think Clevenger is the best to do a piggyback with whether they want to do a six man rotation or not is definitely up in question. They had asked Bob Melvin about it. You know, they said, uh, do you want to do a six man rotation? What are you going to do when these guys come back? And he said, uh, Oh my God, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, he should have. Um, but he said, it just depends on how many games they play in a row. If they play a lot of games in a row, then he's not opposed to the six man rotation. But if not, he wants to stick with his five. Um, so that's something worth noting. Uh, I don't think Nick Martinez will be any sort of piggyback. He'll be a reliever, and that's going to be good to see because he does have a nasty pitch, one nasty changeup, and all you need is that for to be a successful reliever. Yeah, so I, we kind of mentioned already, and you did too, about the Nick Martinez. Just a fun fact while you were talking about that, I decided to go through all of our uh, outfielders' stats. We have one person that's hitting above their body weight in average. One. And that's Azokar. <laughs> that's it. We have one. Thompson's hitting 200. Uh, Trent Grisham's hitting 186. Profar's hitting 172. Beatty's hitting 68, if not 67. He's under 100. And so I know someone's bringing it up over here. You know, Dom Smith, what about Mullins or Anthony Santander? We talked about Santander last year. He's just a guy. He hits for a, a decent amount of average. He's an okay outfielder, but you're not going to get the power aspect that you want from him. Uh, he also doesn't get – he's very average at getting on base, which if we just give these guys an opportunity from the current guys that we have throughout a whole season, they'll probably match what Santander put out. So it's not really worth a trade at this point. If you're going to trade, you're probably going to go for Mullins, if not Trey Mancini, because Trey Mancini has experience in the outfield and he can be a DH slash first baseman too, which is kind of already what Nick Beatty is, but he's just a better, or Matt Beatty. He's just a better Matt Beatty. So, and I do have one question for y'all. So we, we always know um, Craig Stammen, we're not a biggest fan of him coming in and being a bullpen guy and how he should have probably been off the roster for a couple of years. And the only reason he's on the roster is for his leadership role in the bullpen and everything. What do you guys think about cutting him and making him like a bullpen coach, if not assistant to the bullpen coach? I mean, I don't hate it. He's 38. Like he's one of the old, like he's, he's old man. Like for, for a pro baseball player, 
38's getting up there. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think there's a reason to really keep him. So I think that makes sense. I also see uh, history boss says trade Lamette and Stammen for one good reliever. I don't think anyone is going to try to trade for Stammen and Lamette in the same deal because they're making combined over eight million dollars. That's a problem. Not the player wise. Player wise, yeah, you got a point there, but it's hard to spend that much money on two guys that don't look good right now. Um, so the Padres have one of the most expensive bullpens in the league, if not the most expensive, which I don't think most people realize. And that's without counting Taylor Rogers salary because the Padres aren't even paying it. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Quan fam says to, he said as a joke to make a stamina the assistant to the pitching coach, not the worst idea, not the worst idea. Um, what are you thinking, Isaac? Anything that doesn't affect us on the field is a W because that's all that guy does. Um, I don't know, but you're right. I kind of don't think he, I think it's well overdue that he's not on this roster anymore. Um, he He's a great leader. All the guys admire him. That's worth noting. So maybe that's why he's still around. And Chase, you actually said it. That is absolutely why he's still around. He's just not a very productive piece and that's okay i mean whatever no it's not okay i don't know why i said that um but yeah lament lament and stamina nobody's in it's just hard to envision somebody trading for a guy that's arm is beyond cooked um the guy that's he's a, and don't get me wrong i think all three of us i loved nelson lament it would be so hard seeing him go it's a business it's something that quite unfortunately might have to be done so, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully this bullpen's able to come around come, uh, I mean, shoot, starting now because uh, that'd be a big help. I'd rather not start blowing out teams than the final score would be like six to five or something, you know. To end off on a better note, I have a, I have a theoretical question for Isaac here. It's the bottom of the ninth. It's a close game. Uh, it's runners on first and second. No outs. Who would you rather come in? Craig Stammen and Rochelle Baez. Michelle Baez is lucky he throws 99 or whatever it is, because if not, uh, I'm taking someone else. But, yeah, I'll go Baez. In case you guys don't know, Isaac is a big-time Baez hater. I don't feel like we don't really talk about Baez much just because he hasn't played recently. But <laughs> that's like... That's worst case scenario. Isaac, what are you doing as a coach? If you get down to your final two bullpen arms and they're they're those two guys, firing the GM, throwing Jake, <laughs> throw Jake. There you go. I mean, hey, struck out Mookie Betts, right? <laughs> all right, guys. I think that's gonna do it for today's episode, though. Thank you all for listening. Um, we did miss the last few days. We were all, I think, traveling at different points, and it was just kind of uh, impossible to find a time to record. Um, but we should be back to posting every day. Uh, we'll have an episode tomorrow and then probably in the evening on Wednesday, we'll go live because the game's at 10 a.m. I'm going to be at work. I think we're all going to be at work or class or something. So I, I think we'll probably end up recording later on uh, in that evening. But that is when we'll be going live next. Um, and we'll have episodes on the days that the series are not ending. So with that said, thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you very soon.